The Lord be with you. And welcome to the worship service of Holy Trinity Anglican in Madison, Mississippi. It is a joy to be called into the life of God and to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Our prayer is that our hearts and minds are open to receive the Lord. By His Spirit, through His sacraments, and in the hearing of His Word, we are confident the Lord will meet us. So won't you join us? We're praying that you will. Lord God, may your love for us overwhelm us. May it renew within us faith and hope. May it send us forth to share that love with all who you put in our paths. Teach us today by the power of your spirit, the truth of your word. We ask in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. If you have your copy of God's word, which I trust you will, open with me to cha- uh, John chapter 14. We're going to consider together this morning our gospel passage. And as we've been going through this Easter tide, we've been asking the question of ourselves, what difference does it really make that Jesus Christ died and rose again? How does it make a difference in this day? So often we have this big celebration on Easter Sunday and then we live the rest of the year absent-minded of the reality of the power of the resurrection. You see, the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead changes everything. It ought to change every day. Every Sunday is the Lord's day because we celebrate that we live in the power of the resurrection. Amen? All right, so today, last week, Deacon Charles taught you about uh, the resurrection matters because we have a good shepherd, right? Did anybody learn anything last week? Praise the Lord. All right, Deacon Charles, you'll have to tell me if he didn't do his job so I can, I can fix it. <laughs> I heard he did great. So this week, we're going to talk about the fact that the resurrection matters because we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. The resurrection matters because in the resurrection, Christ ascends to heaven and he sends forth his Holy Spirit. Now, as we dive into this passage from John, it's bookended by two verses, verse 15 and verse 21, that I'm going to lump together in our first point. Verse 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21 says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The first thing I want us to notice in this passage is that the resurrection ought to work in us an active kind of love, an active kind of love. The word translated love in that passage is agape. And I had a friend who used to define agape as doing what is right and best for another in a way that is sacrificial and unconditional. In other words, it is doing what is right and best for another, thinking about somebody else, in a way that costs me something and I don't expect them to give me anything in return. Sacrificial and unconditional. Of course, we see the greatest model of this in, that, in, our, in our epistle reading this morning, 1 John chapter 3, 16, which every Christian ought to know, Everybody knows John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life, right? 
But 1 John 3.16 says this, this is how we know what love is. That Christ died for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If we've experienced the sacrificial love of Jesus, it ought to create within us a desire to sacrificially love others. It ought to create in our hearts this burning, active love to give glory to God and to do good for others. Did you get up this morning and think, oh Lord, today, let me glorify you. Lord God, show me today how I might make much of you. You've given me such great gifts. The gift of grace, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of new life, the gift of hope. You've, you've showered me with blessing. God, help me pass that along to somebody today. Help me make much of you. I want everybody who comes in contact with my life today to know how great my God is. Did you get up this morning thinking that? That should be our every morning first thought. The resurrection, the fact that Jesus Christ has conquered death, sin, and hell, has brought us out of death and brought us into life, ought to create within us a burning passion to live in such a way that we make much of him every day. Not just at church, not doing churchy things, but in everything you do. You ought to work to the glory of God. You ought to love your wife or your husband to the glory of God. You ought to love your children and lead them in truth to the glory of God. You ought to be a friend to your neighbor to the glory of God. You ought to serve the people who you come in contact at the gas station or the bank to the glory of God. Everything about your life ought to be oriented to the fact that you want to make much of him. And the result of that ought to be that there's good done for others. Because you see, Jesus Christ, our Lord, forsook all of heaven's glory. And he came, and as the message says, he pitched his tent among us, John chapter one, or as some of the more... Uh, Familiar translations say he tabernacled among us, but he pitched his tent. He lived among us so that we might see and know and experience the love of God. Our lives ought to be that. We ought to be, we ought to be the instruments for others to experience the incarnation of God's love. Right? Last night I watched a thing on uh, Facebook. Uh, anybody like Mike Rose returning the favor? There was a young woman, 21 years old, named Ada, who, lived in Greenville, who lives in Greenville, South Carolina. And Ada worked at a thrift store. And she noticed that every week there was this particular lady who would come in and she would buy a new set of clothes and throw out the set she was wearing. And so one week she went to her and she said, um, ma'am, um, I, I noticed what, what's going on here. Is there any way that maybe I could wash your clothes for you and then next week you know, I could give them back to you and then you'd have two sets of clothes and I'd be glad to take those that you're wearing and wash them and you could even buy more clothes. I'm glad you, know, you could accumulate some different outfits and things and, and I'm glad to just wash your clothes for you. She said the lady was, was really kind of perplexed and like thought, she was a little hesitant, but finally yielded and allowed her to wash her clothes. Well, Ada began to realize, well, if this lady has that problem, I bet there are other people that have that problem. So she started a GoFundMe page on Facebook where she raised money and she would go to the local coin laundromat and any single moms or, or people that were homeless or people that were just 
in need, she would put money in the laundry, in, in the washing machine, and she brought soap, so she had soap for them, she, had, she put the coins in the laundry, and she would wash and dry their clothes for them. And then she would sit there with them while they washed their clothes and talk to them, hang out with them, color with their children. Well, somebody sent a video of that to, to Mike Rowe, and Mike, he came and he met this girl, she's 21 years old. Working in a thrift store, not a person of means, saw a need and felt like, man, I need to, I need to love people that are hurting. And so Mike um, asked her what her dream was, and she said, well, you know, I, there are people who can't get to the coin laundromat that need this same thing. I wish I had a van that was, a custom, that was outfitted with washing machines and dryers, and I could go to the tent cities, and I could go to the places where, where people are in need, and I could wash their clothes for them, and, and, I could, and I could serve them. And so he gave it to her. He hired a guy in Texas to build the van. He brought a guy from Australia who has done this in Australia, and they outfitted a van for her, and this 21-year-old girl now is driving around Greenville, South Carolina, and the first lady that she washed the clothes for, her name was Frankie. And so it's called For Frankie's Laundry Service. Now, folks, that's a 21-year-old girl who just paid attention to what was happening right in front of her. We who have the grace of God and who have been given a gift by God ought to look in our lives, look around. How can we manifest the extravagant love of God to the people that God puts right in front of us? I don't know your situation. I don't know exactly what your context is, but I guarantee you that every one of us has somebody in need near us And we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And and Jesus says through John here, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, what was the first and great commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then what? How many of you would like clean clothes? How many of you would like a warm meal? How many of you would like somebody to just know your name and to treat you with dignity? How many of you would like somebody to just care whether or not you were here? To listen to your story. This is the love that the resurrection ought to put in every one of our lives. There ought to be an active love that flows from us as a result of being so greatly loved. So this morning, your homework is this. Go home and ask the Lord, Lord, who's near me that's in need and how can I love them in your name? Because if you love him, you will keep his commandment to love and glorify God with all of your life and to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the second thing I want you to see from this text is not only will you have an active love, but you will have an advocate with the Father. You'll have an advocate with the Father. Verse 16 says, and I will ask the Father and he will send you another helper. Now the ESV says helper there, the NAS says advocate. Isn't that right, Jimmy? Advocate? And advocate's a much stronger term. Advocate's a better word. It's kind of like an attorney. 
And hey, if you're going through a trial, you want one of those. You want a good one of those, right? So he says, I'll give you a helper or an advocate to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. Now, you're going to get an advocate. When Jesus Christ rose from the grave, he ascended into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's going to send to us an advocate, a helper, somebody to walk through this life with us, somebody to to defend us, somebody to to um, display truth to us. He calls him, in fact, the spirit of truth. That's what we need for life, isn't it? We need to know the truth about God. The Holy Spirit reveals to us the truth about God. When Jesus Christ left us, he had been the incarnation of God's love and reality, right? But when he leaves us, he left us this book, but then how do we come to know this book and rightly live this book? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Who's our teacher, our counselor, our guide? How do we know truth? The truth. How do we know Jesus Christ? The way, the truth, the life. How do we know him? Because the Holy Spirit has revealed to us our sinful nature, opened our eyes to grace, and called us into relationship with the living God. It's a miracle. When we rightly deserve wrath, God showers us with mercy. And the advocate, the Holy Spirit, reveals to us the truth about our sin, but then reveals to us the truth of amazing grace. Not only does he reveal to us the truth about God, but he reveals to us the truth about the world. He allows us to see what's happening around us. The Holy Spirit gives us discernment. He gives us gifts and graces and allows us to engage this world in such a way that we can see the reality of suffering and hurting and be used by God to help meet it. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, doesn't he? And what are the purpose of those gifts according to St. Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians? That we might build up the church we might advance the gospel, that we might build up the church, make us strong as we face trials, and we might take grace on the road and give it away to all those who are lost and hurting and in need. Do you see, the resurrection gives us a heart of love, an active love, gives us an advocate for trial, and leads us in truth. The third thing is it gives us an abiding presence. Look at verse 18, and I will not leave you as orphans. Now, brothers and sisters, that's a good word. That's a good word. When you think of an orphan, an orphan is somebody who's lost their parents. They're bereft of family, alone. Many orphans go through all sorts of trials and tribulations. Jesus says, I'm not leaving you an orphan. I am not leaving you an orphan. I will come to you, yet in a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. And in that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. What these verses promise us is this, that when Jesus Christ ascended into heaven and left us at the resurrection, he left with us the person of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, has taken up residence within us. And he 
guides and keeps us. Do you know that no matter what trial you're facing today, you're not alone? You know, no matter what trouble you are in, you are not forsaken. No matter what struggle you're bearing today, God is not missing in action. He is present. Very present. And we, as the church of God, carry the Spirit of God with us so that the world might know Him. Again, brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, are we loving God? Are we loving others? Do we remember the advocate that God has given us to lead us into all truth and the abiding presence of the Spirit that keeps us in all trials? Because this is the gift of the resurrection. This is the promise of Scripture. So today, may we live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Love recklessly. And remember, He is with us. And all God's people said. Holy Trinity Anglican is a faith family that seeks to encounter and share the Holy Trinity through worship, community, and mission. We're located at 432 Bozeman Road in Madison, Mississippi, and we invite you to join us each Sunday at 10 a.m. for worship. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.